and welcome to the 31st episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, interview the video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss they're here to promote, which in this case is Shadowgate by Zojoy. Carl and David, please tell us who you are and what do you do? Okay, well, uh, uh, I'm Carl Rulofs. I'm the uh, design director at uh, Zojoy, and um, I design games. Um, I'm one of the original creators of Shadowgate, along with Dave. Dave, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Dave Marsh, and I'm uh, the founder of Zojoy, and uh, originally, along with Carl, designed and uh, produced uh, Shadowgate back in the 80s, and then uh, did probably... We probably did 10 ports over the course of the last 20-some years before um, reacquiring the licenses and then um, reimagining uh, Shadowgate for a new, uh, new generation of gamers. Cool. So the answer to the next question is how did you make your start? It's clearly way back in the mid-'80s. From what I can see, you worked on uh, Max mainly. Is that right? Is that how you made your start, or am I wrong in that? No, no. Yeah. Yeah, you know, back in the uh, back in the mid '80s, um, uh, uh, Dave, Dave actually was was acquaintance with a uh, programmer for Icom Simulations, and right. uh, they were the, they were the ones who um, initially came up with the idea of doing uh, uh, a windowed base a windowed base adventure game, point and click graphical adventure game. That's and, right. Uh, they, yeah. they were working on a couple games. Uh, Deja vu. Um... A Nightmare Comes True, which was a 40s detective noir game. And Uninvited, which was a horror game. Um, and um, uh, basically, they wanted to round out their genres, and they didn't have a, a, a fantasy game. So, um, you know, uh, Dave, um, Dave approached him and said, we'd like to do this. And the guy said, go for it. So He Dave, lent us a, a Mac, a 128K Mac, with... Uh, which was like a... With an internal with an internal hard drive, so you have to keep swapping McPaint in and out, right? Yes. The system disks. Right, and uh, Dave, uh, you know, contacted me. We've been friends for almost ever, and um, we just started writing and drawing and designing uh, Shadowgate. Cool. Yep. So that was uh, 1985, and Shadowgate was released in '87 on uh, the Mac, obviously in black and white, on a single floppy, and. Uh, published by a company called Mindscape. We were in the suburbs of Chicago. Right, and that's, that's an amazing, amazing start. And clearly you've, what, what have you been doing between those those years? You, you just went off and did your own thing and then you've... Well, you know, just a bunch of different things. We stayed in the industry for a while. Um, yeah, because uh, we were, ICOM had changed its, its, after working on Shadowgate, we had worked a bit on Deja Vu 2 when we were doing some... Beyond Shadowgate, which was um, another first-person adventure game, and and then the company, and then side scrollers became such the rage. So we ended up doing a lot of side scrollers for Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, and then and, we got bought. And then, then we got bought by Viacom New Media. And, and we made a lot of Beavis and Butthead games. Yep, which was exciting. MTV and Nickelodeon games. Okay. Uh, that was short-lived. I think about four or five years. Thankfully. Um, and then they kind of folded. Um, and in the meantime, Dave and I kind of went our own ways to different jobs. I was worked at Konami for a short time. 
Uh, and Dave moved on to... Yeah, we're, we're in Virginia now. I was working for a massively multiplayer game company, making some MMOs based on aliens and Godzilla and other bits. So we, we bounced we bounced around a bit. You know, I, got bought by EA, got laid off by EA, yeah. like every other company. Yes, most people, they look at, yeah, they, they seem yeah. to like chewing up companies and then not so much spitting, out, spitting them out. It's, just oh, like, it's nice, you know, because they yeah. buy a company and the stock goes up and they sell a company and the stock goes up. So it's nice. Yeah, for yeah. That. yeah. good for them. Yeah. Um, and then for a while we were in the um, slot machine industry for, for, for quite some time. We're making, uh, making slots. Okay. So it was kind of it's been kind of crazy, but in the meantime, we I mean we had ported Shadowgate um, to every conceivable platform, and of course it, it was very popular on the NES and Game Boy Color. And we were we were we were doing this while we were doing the other jobs too. In between, so um, was, you know we did it for uh, the Palm Pilot and um, other phone oh, apps. Oh, the we, Palm Pilot! Oh, yeah, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. We did it. It's like the way of the beta. I think we we sold like three three of those or something maybe. And so we have that you know so until 2012 we were still kind of having our hands still in the the Shadowgate bit but there you go. So you must have been enthralled to see how things were changing over the last 20 30 years where it's almost come full circle a little bit in that smaller teams are now making amazing games and getting them published and released. That must well, be quite. Actually- yeah, it's actually pretty wonderful when you think about it because there are so many tools, you know, just looking at, you know, we use Unity, but there's so many other tools that can be used just for mobile devices and things to yeah. allow allow the, uh, the indie developer to make a game um, with a small team and not have to necessarily rely on a publisher. But at the same time, because anybody can make a game um, – you know, it's it's very difficult to get your game noticed, and right, and uh, right. and so that's it. There's always that that catch twenty two. So, um, but yeah, if you want to be an indie uh, developer um, in hopes of glory, now uh, now's a good time. Yeah, yeah. So, and especially for us, I mean, the retro market, um, which is obviously something we're interested in, which is bringing back our old games, reimagining them, not just reporting them because we're we have no interest in just ports. But uh, it's a great time to um, to get involved, and there's so many great, so many tools out there to let you do it and publish. Uh, that it's it's pretty nifty. It's it is interesting how it's gone this way, and how games don't have to be like you say, um, be on the same subject. Some games can barely be games, like Proteus, and I've had this conversation with other developers. And like, is that a game? I don't know. I don't care. It's still fun. Yeah. I think yeah, exactly. or it's an experience. Yeah, it's and an experience. it's great. It's, it's great that these things exist. It's better than great. It's it's fantastic because well, it pushes the medium to places that people well, that's, think it will go. Yeah, that's it. You know, these the, the, these small things um, and large things can influence um, other designers and other people and um, because of that you get iterations and then you get some blockbuster games. Yes. And you see things like I've seen that in a game before. Like, yeah, you're playing this AAA thing. Like, hang right. on, that's like, you know, <laughs> and that's okay because you know developers, thankfully now, don't live in a bubble. Right. Uh, and it's something I'll ask you later on in the show about um, that kind of that aspect. Well, yeah, you know the the only the only downside, I guess, to to being an in, an indie developer um, or any game developer is that. Um, you know, back compared to like the 1980s, you know, you put a game out and it was out on the shelf and you tried to keep it on the shelf. Right. right? 
And um, that that's not much different than getting a game out on Steam and keeping it up on Steam. It's just that um, it's uh, you have to have really thick skin because everybody has an opinion. And yeah, uh, yeah, and that and it doesn't matter that you put two years of your life into it and used your life savings or whatever. Um, they'll still tell you some people will still tell you you suck. While you know, the, well, like in our case, the vast majority of people love our game. But um, you still get those people that you go, what? did I kick your dog? What yeah, that? it's yeah, quite extraordinary. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today about what possesses you to start right putting those thoughts out there in public. Yeah, it's just and crazy. What, what, what it, possessed you to write these horrific things? Because, this, yeah, because people say think they're entitled. It's, well, and, it's, and, it's, and it's almost a game in a way. You got... I got this computer thing that has a picture screen on it and keyboards and I can just type away and I can be in my little bubble, you yeah, know, and I'm, true. I'm safe. So I can say nasty things. Isn't, isn't that fun? You know? So I mean, there's a lot of people that have left the game industry because of death threats, I know. People threatening them and their yes. family and stuff because, because they didn't like how they killed a character in the game and you just go, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it, it, it has happened in other media. Um, yeah, authors, certainly, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Especially killing off favored characters in various series of books and like, but, uh, you know. But we're we're undeterred. We will indeed. make we will make some. Yes. We'll make per, first person we adventure will, games, and will. you will like it. Yes. Severe. Yes. <laughs> so um, I mean, it's it's kind of the full circle thing for me being British that. I'm sure you're aware of this at the time in the 80s. That you're British? Yes. We're no, 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 no. Back in, oh. thank you for the English thing. Nice. Um, I love that language. It's lovely how it wraps around itself. <laughs> um, the fact that there was a huge gaming development sort of happening in the UK and Europe at the time, um, even though the video games had collapsed. We were busy making games for the Commodore 64 and the Spectrum and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Psygnosis, right? Yes, Psygnosis. Well, yes. they're, okay, yeah, <laughs> Liverpudgeons, yeah. actually. Yeah, they're, 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 okay. they're, they were they were fabulous. Um, Shadow of the Beast was there. Oh, yes. great game! Yeah. Love that game. Yeah, so uh, it all came out of that, you know. And they, they were made up of very small teams of people, but sometimes even one. Just parallax scrolling. Parallax That's scrolling. what we loved about Shadow of the Beast. Yes, that was amazing. It just showed the Amiga off. To with a plum, like what? Yeah, and, oh, and, and color cycling didn't it have color cycling for the it Amiga? did, it did, yeah, it did. It did things that Amiga shouldn't do, but it did. <laughs> so, what are all those people born like from 1990 on are just shaking their heads? Yeah, Amigo, okay. Amigos, what? Uh, Amigos, what? You yeah, what? Yeah, it's so embarrassing when that happens. Like you have no idea what I'm talking about. You start talking about the Degas. Do you remember the Degas uh, paint program on the Atari ST? That was long yes, time. yes. Yeah. No, nobody oh. used it. They all used Deluxe Paint. Yeah, everyone used Deluxe Studio Paint. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So what is your biggest influences then? Ours? Back yeah. in the day? Just generally now. Because you're making uh, games now or back in the day. Well, Don't mind. Either. You know, you know, back, yeah, back in the day, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, um, uh, that was kind of um, formative experience. Um, uh, any fantasy book... You know that I would read. I just, I just love the, uh, you know, the genre of fantasy and horror as well. You know, so, uh, you, you know, any any media that is good, whether it's a movie, a book, uh, music, you know. Yeah, and from games, you know, a lot of the earlier games uh, like Wizardry, 
Um, and a number of RPG things are the ones that um, really got us going, even though our games were, were first-person adventure. And, of course, we played all the <clears throat> all the various games that came out of um, you know Sierra Online at the time. Uh, what about and- Infocom? Yeah, yeah, Infocom yeah. games as well. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's it's amazing, um, you know. Like, but I would, you know, there aren't. Uh, I, I was a big MMO player for for quite some time, um, and uh, and you know, the games. You know, a lot of the games I play now are, are more console games, uh, adventure games, things like that, or Pokemon. And we play a lot of um, Zelda and and other types of adventure quote-unquote adventure games that have that, yeah. that um, side-scrolling element and stuff. So, um, but uh, not not that big into to shooters and yeah, and yeah. Things. I mean, I do. We uh, tend to like games like, that are more more like thoughtful. I like the, I I like the RPGs. Um, uh, I'm playing Torchlight Two again. Uh, I played that you know a number of years ago, and I'm just kind of playing running through it again because I like the uh, you know the RPG uh, style of it and. Um, um, I've always loved the puzzle games. So uh, Professor Layton, um, those puzzles game, Pokemon, um, I'm, I'm a fan of those, and I play those when those goes out go out. Um, even though I'm on the other side, on the uh, low side of 50 years old, you know, I still play that game. So you yeah. know, we just we just we just like that type of stuff. Oh yeah, the whole growing up thing. What is that? I've never understood that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. What is that? It's, it's it isn't. It's just growing old. Yes. Yeah. Physically, yes, I get that. Yes. But yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're also big board game fans. We me love too. board games. Me and too. So um, one of the companies in town is Mayfair Games, and our buddies over there work on Catan. Yeah, I actually yes. had a chance to. I had a chance to uh, meet uh, uh, Klaus Teuber and uh, work with him on a Windows version version of Catan for MS Zone. Yeah. So we do. We play that. We play Munchkin. We play a lot of, um, you know, Bonanza, games like that. that Ticket to Ride. Are just uh, just a blast. So I'm I'm, I'm um, a member of an extraordinary board game group, which I love talking about. Um, uh, They have events every day. Um, They have, um, um, they run events every day. 60 odd people show up at a pub in central London to play board games. Every day? Every wow. day. Every we'll, day. Uh, we'll be right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hold, I mean, hold, hold the door for us. Yeah. So, so even when we did our Kickstarter for Shadowgate and raised yeah. money for it, one of the things we did was had, um, you know, the lead designer over at Mayfair uh, who had worked on um, the uh, the Lord of the Rings card game back in the, in the 90s um, design a, a Shadowgate game for us. So we just love, you know, board games and card games and, yeah. and things like that. So. Yeah, I mean, Mayfair Games, the last one I had of theirs was uh, uh, The Fall of Pompeii. Yeah, sure. Uh, with the little volcano in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I actually have a little, you know, little, little LED candles that you can get. Right, right, right. But I actually got one of those and put it in the volcano, so it looks oh. like it's actually, yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, that, that'll, get you, that, that'll get you a date. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> anyway, um... <laughs> well, that brings back the memory, yeah, bring, yeah, yeah, uh, Pompeii Candle. Yeah. candle thing, yeah. Wow. So, who do you most admire in the in the industry after all these years of being in it, apart from yourselves, of course? Yeah, apart from ourselves. Um, so, you know, I I I, I think recently, um, uh, uh, the game uh, and the guy who made Minecraft. Um, yeah. You know that was um, uh, you know just kind of thinking back, 
you know, I mean, there's easy people, you know, you can, you can, you, you can pick, pick out, um, uh, uh, you know, Pokemon and other things that, you know, kind of define certain areas and certain genres of games. But Minecraft is one of those things that it, um, when it came out, uh, there were so many young kids, my son included, that was involved in now building worlds on their own. Um, it got people, kids involved in setting up their own servers to host, um, uh, you know, a world that their friends could play on. I just, I, I, you know, that's just one of those exciting things that it, it, it ushered in this era. And this is what, you know, four or five years ago only. Um, uh, it, it ushered in this era for the younger generation to get into um, uh, open world gaming and creating games on their own yeah. and creating worlds. It's just very cool. Didn't they create a CPU? Somebody went and used Minecraft to actually create a CPU with levers and torches and everything else. I mean, I doubt that the guys that created Minecraft were thinking, yeah, somebody's going to use this sandbox for that. Yeah. I um, I, I, I know it's going to sound a little... A little um, Strange, but I, I'm really impressed with. Uh, there's a woman named um, Kate Edwards. Do you know who Kate is? No, no. My, she she's she in charge. She's one of the execs at the um, the IGDA, and um, she she is a massive champion, especially for independent gaming and uh, gaming law and um, getting people to understand the the both the needs of of uh, you know what players expect what developers expect and just uh promoting um independent um indie games uh around the world and so uh she's a big uh, i'm a big fan of hers i know that that's you know not you know a developer or whatever no but it's the perfect. fact is it's absolutely it's perfect a, it's an industry. amazing um i can send you a link to to, to their site but they do amazing things to to promote it. And in fact, you know, we're part of the association and, you know, they offer things, you know, to indie studios, things like insurance and other, other bits. And just having a group like that to be around and back you um, and, you know, um, are constantly being evangelists for independent gaming is, is great. So big yeah. fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that can only be regarded as excellent. All right. Well, cool. What are you playing right now? Other than Shadowgate, of course. But what what, what games are you playing right now? Both. Of you? Well, I'm I'm I, I I mentioned a couple of them earlier. I mentioned them again. Uh, Professor Layton, um, his latest. Is that the latest uh, one? Okay. The latest one. Yeah. Um, I'm actually done with it, and I'm just playing the. You know, they they give you new puzzles every day. So you know, once a week or so, I kind of download new puzzles and then go through those. Um, I also picked up. So that's that's for the 3DS. I also picked up my old uh, Picross 3D. There's just oh, another right. puzzle game, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You know, you know, it's just it's it's one of those things that I can you know sit back and just kind of work on some puzzles, and it's just kind of fun and relaxing. And then um, Torchlight 2. Um, so just 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 doing some RPG uh, hack and slash with uh, with uh, some characters um, uh, with uh, with that game. Yeah, and you know what? I, I am so busy. Uh, I'm not playing a lot of games, although I I I, uh, I have to say that I'm playing Mario Kart 8 a ton. Yeah. Um, with uh, with my Blue family. Blue Hell, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, just enjoying that. And so it's uh, it's tough because um, we are working 
uh, as you know, it's a Zojo is a very small company. We have a number of contractors. All our programmers are contractors, um, and it's just it's literally uh, all day, all night, and weekends to yeah. um, to work on the game. So we don't. Um, but I, like again, I was a big uh, MMO fan, playing as many MMOs as I can, and it's just too much of a time sink, and so I don't get a chance to play it anymore. So, but really, what the best you know, every now and then I will go ahead and download some you know. Like Heretic, remember Heretic? Yes. I will go ahead and download some of the some of the games, uh, you know, that I used to play, and I look at them for, you know, how they handled um, design, and mm. you know, so it's cool. How, how it's advanced since then, and yeah, exactly. how it hasn't in some cases. It's uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of fascinating that. Yeah, I've got some great Heretic stories about you know becoming a flying and vulnerable chicken, flying so, chicken, you know, flying chicken. somebody to death. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for sharing that. I, I love asking developers that because it gives you an inkling of the kind of stuff they like to play. Sometimes feeds into what they're creating, but sometimes it's actually the complete opposite. You know, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll be a massive like MMO fan. I mean, what are you playing right now? Oh, FIFA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I think in our case, we um, although I mean we'll play you know some, you know even first person shooters and things that come out, which is fine, but. Uh, we're just, uh, you know, we just like stuff that, you know, and I think that's part of why I started Zojoy is we like games that make you think, you know, we put out a number of Sherlock Holmes, um, you know, murder mysteries and stuff. And, and those are the kind of things where we're telling stories right. and people can play for a while and they get frustrated. They're like, ah, how do I get past this puzzle? And then uh, they wake up at two in the clock in the morning and said, Hey crap, I forgot to try this. And they go and try it and it works and they're rewarded. And, um, those are just the kind of games that, that, that we like. So Shadowgate certainly is one of those. I have to get up and go, you've been on this for two hours now, Chris. You're not going to get any further. <laughs> it's just going to end in misery or death or both. <clears throat> well, uh, of you or the computer. Either way, it's not going to end well. So I'll yeah, do and, and we know that, which is why we, you know, Shadowgate's an interesting game because um, – <clears throat> For us, it presented these massive challenges, which is we've got this audience of people that have played it, <coughs> excuse me, over 10 different platforms, and they expect the hard game that um, that you're going to die a lot in a lot of interesting ways. And then we've got this new gaming audience, <coughs> especially on tablets, right, where um, and in, in general, um, adventure games have been dumbed down over the years. So you get less and less things that you're able to do, right? Yeah. You walk up to the guy and you say, you click on him, and you have one thing you can do. You can ask him one of three questions, right? And then the question he comes back with, it, you know, the thing comes back and says, I wish I had a chicken. And then you go, okay, guys, I have to go get a chicken and bring it to him, right? And so, you know, for us, um, we, we just have to find the right balance between – finding you know appeasing the people that remember shadowgate and loved it for its hardness right. and because that it was a long play time because you know adventure games have limited replayability so you definitely want to do that so we had to have that and at the same time develop for you know newer people uh people that have not played it as uh, adventure games like this uh very much and they want a more casual experience and so we actually have three different game modes, and we're adding a fourth now that's going to go out next week that's even more casual. <laughs> so, And so we're finding – and then we're also adding an Iron Man mode that you have to play without saving the game. And so 
we're trying to find, we're definitely trying to make a product that, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, play, you know, hard, a hard game, then you can do that. You can play something that's middle of the road. You can play something that's very easy. So, um, that was kind of our, our biggest, probably our biggest challenge when you talk about how hard it is or kicking your butt after two hours. <laughs> so let's move on to the second half of the show. We do talking in great depth uh, about Shadowgate and uh, its, its origins and where it is now, where it's come from. So, David and Carl, please give us the pitch for for Shadowgate. Uh, well, you know, Shadowgate is a uh, first-person graphical adventure game. It's a point-and-click interface where you can interact with objects and rooms and things on screen. Um, you utilize a series of commands that um, uh, you can um, uh, uh, operate on 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 items and objects and um, and creatures in order to get by puzzles um, and uh, obstacles in your way. It is set within the castle Shadowgate, which um, has been overrun by the evil warlock lord. And your job is to stop his evil plans by creating the Staff of Ages, uh, assembling all its parts together, and then going for a big final confrontation with him at the end of the game. So it's a it's a again Carl mentioned it's a first person so every screen you go into is um, is one room and you move between rooms um, and it's um, back to its roots um, it's done uh, in this case it's um, it's in a uh, painted style so it's not 3D it's 2D but we have plenty of 3D bits and particles and all that but it is uh, definitely a game of um, you know, we give you a, a good number of commands so that we wanted to give you, I mean, Carl was mentioning things like Minecraft. We want to give you as much freedom as you can. If you want to try to eat the sword, we're going to let you try to eat the sword. You know, yeah, if you, you, you know, if you want to do what you want. So if you want um, to punch the sword, which I've done, like you can do that. You can do that as well. Yeah. Now we are, you know, for our new update, we are um, adding another um, command system to the game, uh, which is a wheel system, which will okay. uh, only show you with the exception of hard mode, the hardest mode will only show you the commands that um, are pretty much required for that object. So in that way, that'll um, be helpful to some other, some other folks that, um, you know, want, um, you don't want the game a little bit more streamlined. So, so that's Shadowgate, and it's a game that came out in 1987 on the Mac in black and white. It's been ported to everything under the sun, um, yep. especially the NES. 
uh, which was done by Kemco uh, by, through our direction. And then uh, this is not a port. Um, it's um, it's right. so we, as we, many of the familiar locations. We, we, took, we took the original game and um, uh, we reimagined or changed um, uh, uh, the most vast of majority those, of the game. Most of those puzzles. And our, our goal was to try to make it so that um, uh, the players who remember Shadowgate will recognize that they are in the same location or in the same type of situation. However, it plays out differently. And the new new players won't know the difference. I mean, it's just it's just a uh, you know a, a well designed game that is a lot more cohesive than some of the original. Yeah, um, it doesn't Shadow have Gate as many gameplay. obscure puzzles. You know, we took got rid of all the obscure puzzles and things. You know, a lot more of the trial and error and put in um, you know puzzles that if you're following the clues should you know make complete sense. So yeah, it's very interesting when you say that because. I did play it back in the day, not on the NES, but on the Atari ST. And I was sitting there going, oh, I know this room. Now I need to do this. I, yeah. to, I mean, when I was playing it, I was completely regressing. And I was like, oh, I need to take all the torches, don't I? Why do I need all the torches? I seem to remember needing all the torches. So I was just going to take them all anyway. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, that's why, because you need to keep light. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah. So I just started remembering all this stuff. And there's a lot of fond memories uh, for the game. I remember yeah. it being not crunchingly hard, uh, and uh, I vaguely got distracted by by other things. But I still kept on returning to it over and over again uh, because I thought there's got to be more to this. Because I love exploring worlds made by video game developers. I said this before on the show, but that's one of the, the drivers behind why I play games. Is I'm very much an explorer. Um, it's why Shall I we like. Talk? You know, I'm sorry. I was just saying, I, I played uh, MMOs and I played WoW until f- far too long uh, to the point where I basically finished the game. I'd seen everything. Right. I can't and do you know, it. Shadowgate's an interesting thing because we talked about one of our influence being D&D. And literally, we lived about an hour from Lake Geneva where Gygax started it. And we used to go there for when he first put the game out and it was a little shop. and Yeah. And, D&D, uh, Shadowgate is not that dissimilar from D&D um, if you love D&D because of the puzzle aspect of D&D. And that's who our dungeon master always did. It was it was a lot less about fighting every monster under the sun. And it was more about you have now entered this room and this is what you see. What are you going to do? What do you do? And yeah. that's that's kind of the fun. And then and then you say and then we would say, well, we can't get past this guy. And he goes, well, what are you going to do now? And then we would backtrack and find a clue and then come back and solve the puzzle. And that was what our D&D experience was back then before everything had to become hacking and slashing, which is funny because now D&D has come back around to being a little bit more uh, a little bit more about puzzle solving, especially with Pathfinder and stuff. But um, anyway, so that's kind of. You know, if if you're if you love D and D and you love solving puzzles and and moving around, and there's plenty of monsters and things, but it's it's not an RPG game where I'm going up in levels and things. Obviously, so. no, it's not wizardry, it's not Ultima, and it's deliberate. Right. That's what that's what drew me to it because you could drop in and out of it, and that's okay. You can't really drop in and out of Ultima. You know, right. Yeah, once right. once you started that sucker, that was it. You had to yeah. continue or just like give up in frustration and what have you. But uh, no, Shadowgate and the other games that you made in the same, well, I felt family of titles that you made sure. were very similar. You had to approach it in the same way. I can't do this. Well, you could, not now, but when you have a shower tomorrow morning, you go, oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I never thought of that until now when all my memory's clear and I'm washing my hair. What the hell? Um, so that happens a lot. Now, again, we've talked a lot about difficulty, but I want to address this really like a laser beam now and really because Shadowgate is a notoriously difficult game when it was released and it still is to this day. This new version definitely has that level of challenging gameplay, but um, how are you dealing with the feedback you're getting from the newcomers? I know you've already said this, but I want to expand a little bit more on how open you are to to their their comments, clearly very, but you're actually going to the point where you're changing the interface. I mean, how far are you prepared to go to actually make well, it Well, we, 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 we always intended to, um, to change the interface um, to try new things um, uh, for later games. Um, uh, we, you know, so this is something that we always wanted to do um, uh, in terms of updating Shadowgate um, um, uh, in the next month or so. You know, Shadowgate came out, um, you know, the mantra was to keep it true to the original. And I think we did that. You mentioned, you know, yourself that it's, uh, you know, hard as nails. Um, it's it's, uh, it's uh, very challenging. Um, and as we, as we were designing the game, we wanted to make sure we had some modes that were easier. Um, uh, you know, what we find, though, is that there's still this casual crowd that wants to come into the game and just wants to experience it. You know, they want to get, they, they want to progress through the game. And, you know, that's why we're coming out with the casual mode. We just want to make sure that we have an experience that everybody can enjoy. So, you know, we've, we, we, we've really um, uh, focused on um, uh, uh, the, the hardcore gamer and the people who likes the hard puzzles and who can really think through it. But we also want to make sure that we have something that's more entry level, which um, we kind of do players. though. But we still have the easy mode. We do, and and we have a, a hint system, which is York the Skull, and you know, in easy mode, he gives you pretty pretty blatant hints on on what you should do and what you should consider trying. We've got a ton of hints, and then you know, in medium and harder modes, his his hints become a little bit more vague. Um, but you know, we have been very even through our process of beta testing, which was a good two and a half months, um, we were going back and forth with the testers and, and making changes based on uh, thoughts they had. And these, a lot of people were, half the people were new and half of the people knew what Shadowgate was. Um, but we're very, uh, you know, th- that's the best thing. We were talking about getting games out, indie developers putting it out, not having to worry about it going on the shelf and never having to worry, you know, having been able to update it like back in the day. And, um, and so, you know, we have been very cool with our, you know, with our, especially on Steam, it's been on Steam and uh, 95, 98% of the comments are all very positive. People love the game. Um, but we, we knew that there were some, some things about the game that um, as being an indie developer that we wanted to continue to, to work on. And one of those things was to um, offer it a little bit easier. And then to do that, um, we decided to go ahead and implement a, you know, another command system. And again, you can choose. That's the great part about it. And I, Chris, I know you've seen it. The, the great part is that we offer so many different um, ways to configure your, your, your play style. Yeah. That yeah. Um, if you want to play the game without user interface and just use keybinds, we do that. It's the immersive experience. If you want to play the game with, um, you know, by binding objects, we can do that. If you want to use, if you want to switch on retro, you know, NES music and, and uh, you know, other bits, you know, from the retro bit, you can do that as well. So 
um, you know, we really want to offer an experience that, you know, if somebody has not played the harder game, they can they can start off easier. And then if they say, all right, they enjoyed that and they want to go up one, they're going to go to that next room and they say, OK, this is how I do it. And all of a sudden they find that, wow, they need to go ahead and come up with a They need to solve the puzzle differently now. And so it adds to um, obviously to replayability, but it also, you know, lets people kind of uh, come into the game at the, their level of uh, experience. I must confess, I sat there looking at that difficulty screen going, what do I do? I played and finished it on ST. You played and finished yeah. it on ST. What should it be? And, I'm, well, you know, and, that, and I actually went off for Journeyman, which is, you know, immediate because I'm like, it's done over 20 years ago, but yeah, I finished it. And it was like, well, if you finish that, then you should be able to do this on at least Journeyman. So my yeah. pride said, yeah, I'll do that. And I actually... I have the GUI off. It only comes on when I hover the mouse over yeah, certain yeah, parts yeah. of the screen. I prefer that way of of, of, of user playing it because I like the art. It's, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's yeah, uh, Chris Cole. He's a speed painter. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, really, really good stuff. And uh, he, he did a good job of finding the stuff, highlighting the stuff you need to look at. Like that's that's great. There's a bit of you know artistry, but there, see that icon there? You need yeah that. That that's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I won't. I won't reveal anything because anything we say, we say anything about this game, this content, it's 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 ruined slightly, in my <laughs> opinion. So um, you know, but you know, just... and then the difficulty goes. You know, as far as difficulty goes, um, you know, we we're always compared to the to some past games, we're always offering, you know. Um, ideas and hints on on how, how to solve a puzzle or to do or not to do something based on you know, we're always giving that information in books or in trying different things so um, you know it's not really you know the original Shadowgate was more trial you know a bit more trial and error and now because we didn't offer as much feedback or about hints and clues I guess clues is more the word I'm looking for yeah yeah exactly um, to what to what you're you know why shouldn't I take that thing? Well, if you examine the object, it would have given you a clue that, you know, maybe it would be better left alone or, or, uh, so we're, we're pretty happy about that. My next question really focuses on, you mentioned the NES version of, of Shadowgate. <clears throat> I'm not sure if everyone was ever released in Europe. It might not have been. The NES wasn't really adopted over here. Um, it over was, above. I know it was in Sweden because so it was they, a Swedish version. There probably is a version then. I was, I was unaware because, like I said at the time, it was generally regarded as an, an Amiga or an ST game. Um, so, what does this modern incarnation bring from that original? Like, because I would assume the Amiga and ST versions are very similar to the Mac version, other than that they're in color and they had sampled sound. Yes, it's identical. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm sorry. What's the question? So the question is, what parts of that version of the game? Because the NES game is is slightly different, isn't it, in content and style? Uh, only, only, only slightly different. That's because they had some uh, design um, or or gameplay issues they had to kind of work around. Yeah, they actually ran out of room on the ROM. So you know, um, uh, you know, we went back to the original Shadowgate right. um, design, which which would would be the Mac, the uh, the Amiga the um, Atari ST, and um, that was the basis of the game that we redid. Right. Uh, the NES wasn't much different, uh-huh. although we do hearken back to a lot of the things that the NES brought to the game. Some of the goofy uh, grammatical stuff, 
Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a sad thing. It's Your sad adventures thing, have ended you know, here. Uh, the music was a huge hit. Yeah, and that's the you big know, thing. So Carl brings up this mu- the music bit, and none of the other games on on any of the platforms you talked about had music. No, and this was the first time that we actually had a chance to. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, the NES music was so wonderful, so iconic. We still get people that talk about. I can't wait to hear that music again. I love that that eight bit score and. You know, the best part was I, you know, as soon as I, I reacquired the license, I contacted Kemco and um, none of the guys were there that we used to deal with. But I explained who we were and I just said, I'd like the rights to, to the permission to go ahead and not only um, offer the original chip tunes from the NES version uh, for players, but to go ahead and construct all new orchestral versions based on those tunes. And so I think that's. I think that um, some of the other retro features like uh, the quill that brings up text if you want to or the transitions between rooms, um, we're even putting probably putting back a kind of a, uh, you know, an 8-bit filter if you want to try to play the game with uh, a pixelated screen yeah. to give you that feeling. So some of those things, that's really what harkens back to the, um, the, the NES, the NES one. So that if you, if you want to look – if you want to play the NES version, there's Flash versions out there. You can play it, right? Yeah. Um, if you want to play a, a new game with a lot new, a lot of new puzzles, much larger game, um, and you you want it, that feeling that you remembered when you were nine playing with your brother, you know, in the dark while you were trying to, you know, solve these puzzles, right. and you like those tunes, you're gonna love it. So. Yeah. I mean, I remember in like the version I was playing, it was like. I moved the windows around. I had the, you know, it could, you could just mess right. around the whole interface. Sure. Yeah. And it, I love that. And, and I think the ST and Amiga versions are probably the best in that they had, they had a lot of sound effects and it was all in glorious color. And yeah, it, was, it, it, it come off really quite well. Um, but like I said, right. there's a missed opportunity because both of those machines could have done music, but you just didn't think, well, yeah, no. Yeah, this wasn't something you'd consider to be important, I guess. Right. Have you tried playing the game without music on and just with sound effects? It's well, pretty kind of, it's pretty darn creepy. I will try that because I haven't done that yet. It's pretty uh, it's pretty wonderful. The the sound design by Rich Douglas, who also obviously did the orchestral versions, is just amazing. Yeah. The number the the thing. So try playing it that way. It's um it's it's a lot of fun. Again, one of those things just offering you to play it the way you want because some people want to play it with music and they enjoy the, the tunes and uh, other people just want to say, you know, walk, walk in and hear the groans coming from the chasm and, and the, the wind going by and, and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's hilariously great. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the character wouldn't have a Walkman on unless he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's. Pop <laughs> <laughs> um, culture reference number yay! one. Number one, um, or it might be number four by now. Okay, maybe. <laughs> so your Kickstarter for this game was really successful. Um, based on this crowdfunding experience, would you do it again for Deja Vu and Uninvited? Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, so we 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 can we, we plead the fifth. <laughs> we, we we used to talk about that a lot, but we we basically, you know, uh, there, there's so much work. That goes it's into a full-time the, job. That goes yeah. into just the Kickstarter part of it. You yeah. got to plan for the Kickstarter, or at least we did. You know, we found it was a lot and a lot of work for us. Four and four months to just get to the Kickstarter. To just get to the start of it, then you had a month of managing 
um, your um, uh, backers and and keeping them happy because at any time they could just pull their money out. Just, you know, it was, and, and it was kind they of could, yeah, they, they could, days. they could and do pull. Yes, yes. Every, and, and, they, and they did at the end. It's of nerve, it it's nerve wracking, and it, making sure that you that you're, you know, I guess <clears throat> to answer your question, um, yes. We are so far not interested in doing it. Everything we did <laughs> for Shadowgate was to build an to engine. start our company. Uh, the company. So we can build an engine so we can continue to um, uh, develop and modify our engine and make more games. Now, that's not to say that we're uh, completely against it. We, we actually had, from what our backers tell us, they love us. And they because we have constantly kept them in in you know we have communicated you know we've had fifty some odd updates right and we've communicated with them whenever we had any problems or anything and when we created our rewards we kind of went above and beyond on our rewards and we always wanted to offer more and we never made it for backer only updates anybody can look at any of our updates you know so it was um, the people. You know, 99.9% of the people were just um, amazing to us, and that part was great. The part that's not so great is just trying to to manage yeah, 4,000 4, um, people that have a question or a problem. And we're, and we're, and we're effectively investors. Let's, let's face yes, it, and, they were and, we're, investors. and we're actually trying to, you know, we're two years into it. We've released our game. And we still got another couple of months before we can fulfill absolutely every every, every so. um, uh, tier. But that said, um, we were we were very thankful. We're, we were very we're happy. Blessed. We were definitely blessed. We knew that we weren't going to raise double fine money, right? No, no one and does unless nobody does. No. And but we also knew that um, you know our type of game is is. Um, is not you know a first-person shooter, and so we decided that um, we picked you know we worked very hard on our budget to make sure that we could um, complete it and get it done and get all the the bits you know and we 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 organized our company in such a way that we could we could do it and um, we really have no complaints. It's just a lot of it's just a lot of work. Okay, thanks for sharing that because I think. Yeah. People need to know. They don't get that other side of being on a Kickstarter. Yeah, Just, yeah. I mean, I've bid on a fair few. I've been burnt by a couple, I've got to say. Um, mainly board games because I've ended up paying twice because yeah. it didn't allow for duty. So when it yeah. gets imported, it arrives. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Here's yeah, a, yeah, you know, they, they basically held it and said, we can't have it until you pay us 20 quid. What? Yeah. That's a lot it's, of money, uh, you know. It's it's really it's really a it's a very interesting model, um, and we didn't go into it. I'd actually started tried to kickstart um, our Sherlock titles, and I really didn't know what I was doing. And then after that experience, I uh, picked myself up and said, "All right, let's do this. Let's learn from it and do it right." Yeah. And um, we had a very transparent relationship with the with the backers, and even. We had actually created a tier that right off the bat they did not like, and I just yanked it. I just said it's just not worth it. And um, and because really you're always going to have only only you know five percent or so of your people are going to be vocal. Um, yeah. The others just forget. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, just I completely missed it. I'm sorry, but so, I was like, oh, 
Really? I've done 20. I think I've back, I think we've backed like 27 projects ourselves. And I, I still have emails sitting there saying, when are you going to, <laughs> when are you going to uh, fill out this thing so you can get your um, belt buckle, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's like, Oh, I backed that. Right. Anyway, there you go. Yep. Yeah. So going back to Shadowgate now, and this is, this is a question I like to ask certain games, certain games that are challenging and yours definitely fills into that that category, and I like to get it from the horse's mouth, i.e. the developers. What is the single piece of advice you'd give to a new player who's starting out, just sitting down to play Shadowgate, apart from save often, because that's too obvious? But, you know, what, what's the one thing you would tell them that, like, this is the mindset you should approach this before even... Uh, I, I, I would examine every object. It's free. Certainly. I, I, would, I would genericize that and say, don't be afraid to explore... And to do things, right? Because what's what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to die, and you have to start from a save point. Yeah. Okay. You know, so you know, the, the 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 thing we didn't touch on is the thing we 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 got to do with this game is we we got to put in some fun Easter eggs and hidden content mm-hmm. in there. Um, There's like ten hidden deaths in the game. Yeah, we we, we we yeah. some fifty some achievements. Yeah, you know, I mean, and you know, so there's so much to the game besides just solving the puzzles. You know, um, so I just say explore and have fun with it. You know, it's mm-hmm. meant to be, um, you know, goofy and gory and tongue in cheek a bit. And you're gonna die. It's 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 the game, but it's fun. But you know, and it and makes also, fun of you dying. Like yeah, yeah, you suck. yeah. And we and you know, part of it is um, the the one the one command that doesn't cost you a turn. And when I say a turn, like your torch is gonna go down every turn a little bit. Yeah. But the torches are, are last way longer than what they did in the original Shadow. Oh game. yeah, they do. They. But yeah, the thing about it is, um, examine everything. Yeah. You know, if I come across a, a a book and I examine the book and the text says, as you examine the book, you can feel a rumbling underneath your feet. That's going to tell you, you know, ask yourself, what does that mean? What, yeah. what is it? So that's probably if I just examine a book and, and the ground is rumbling underneath me, maybe I shouldn't take it. Or, you know, I mean, start but examining objects and looking at that and getting ideas and reading the books and. Uh, all that, you know, look at your map, you know, look at what you've got in your inventory because it doesn't cost you anything to do that. So I would say I, I agree with Carl. Just try whatever you want um, and uh, and look at the situation when you come in and say, all right, well, what is this? You know, what am I what am I seeing here? I think it's for the people that um, are, you know, are probably are not our target audience are the, are the ones that um, want to pick up a chain gun and start blowing things away. We're just not that type of game, right? But you don't have to, you can't please everyone. It's yeah, impossible. yeah. So yeah. that would be, that would be our, I guess, our, our, our advice. And don't feel bad about starting on easy mode because you can play the game and win the game on easy mode and then you can move up to medium and you're going to get all new puzzles and you're going to work up to hard and get all, you know, even more new puzzles. You know, like I said, it was pride me saying, I finished this once before. This is my sorry. I know it's ignorant to say it, but it's just going. Really Chris, you finished this in the ST. Yes, that was twenty years ago. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's not. It's not a pe- matter of public record, is it? So we don't really no. know that you finished it. No, but I did. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm not. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you're a little suspect. You're kind of, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not, not very trustworthy. 
Um, so that's what we would we would say. say the that's great, right? Um, so just to be clear, where you can get the game, Shadowgate is available on PC and Mac, right? Right yeah. now it is, yeah. On, on Steam, on Steam. and yeah. you're planning to release it on other platforms. I, I get that. Right, so it's going to be going on sale um, on Gog on, on the Gog site, uh, the good old game site. I know mm-hmm. a lot of uh, that, that'll be happening um, within, uh, I guess, a week or so. That's what we're planning. That's what the thing is. And then um, what we're doing is next month we're putting out an update. Uh, which uh, is going to have a bunch of uh, things that uh, players have asked for, uh, changes. Um, nothing that that's you know, I mean, adds a new a couple new modes. Um, so it's it's good there. You can also uh, buy it on Steam, and you get you can do the special edition, which gives you the soundtrack and the um, all the various art books and and other bits, which are really cool. Um, but you can find out about all that on Shadowgate.com, which will just um, right. go to Zojoy.com. That, yeah, um, that, that is a bunch of links to all the places you can get a Steam key. And then we'll be putting it out, since we did it in Unity, we'll be putting it out on um, iPad 2 or newer and Android devices. And then we are actually looking at various consoles. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, PS4 yeah, like or the Commodore 64. Commodore 64. Definitely. It's already been on that, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charles um, Babbage counting machine. I'm sure yep. it's been on there, too. Nice. Or is it a different engine? I can't remember which one it was called. Gentlemen, you thank you. Remember s- Dark Castle? Did you play Dark Castle at all? Probably. Dark yeah, okay. Castle. Yeah. What about what the, hole? the hole? Was that one where you kept going into... Uh, no. no, that, that, yeah. Manhole. I remember playing The Hobbit. That was good. Manhole is what I'm thinking of. Oh, right, okay. That was a great game. All right. So, anyway. gentlemen, thank you so, so much for... for a lot of fun. It's our, our pleasure. Um, it's, uh, it's been a blast, and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavours. I'm sure this will be a launch pad for releasing maybe Deja Vu and Uninvited, which are both excellent games as well. It's funny because Deja Vu is my favourite game, but Carl likes Uninvited more. Huh. So it's a good thing. Yeah. I remember the uninvited being particularly punishing right at the beginning. Uh, I don't remember that as much. I, no, well, um, no. I mean, you know, the, the the bar you get to move around the bar, but if you leave, no, 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 he's stuck. But uninvited. Oh, uninvited. No, well, the car blows up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know. have to. Well, I mean, look. It says yeah. you smell gasoline. You should get out of the freaking car. <laughs> you know, this is what this is what we get. Hey, how come nobody told me the car was going to explode? We no, told you. Know. Read the text. It's just a car exploding. It's not not a bad thing. <laughs> you see, everyone. You see. Yeah, Carry on. Just read. Nothing to see. Read Whoa. the screen. Read the text. Off you go. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye